I tell you what, tonight we're going to have a message about staying in the fire. And you see that, uh, that graphic there, that was probably the best thing we could find about staying in the fire. I tell you, about a week ago, we went to camp. For those who know, we had, camp was amazing. We had five days of no Facebook and no Instagram, amen? We have five days of no text messaging to our friends and hearing all the drama that's going on out there. We didn't get to watch no TV. We didn't get to watch no, no, nothing. We just got to sit there, fellowship with our brothers and sisters, and, and, and get the word. And, man, we spent a lot of time praying. We spent a lot of time seeking God, and God showed up and really transformed us. But I tell you what, that didn't just happen at camp. The same thing happened here in this church. Sunday night, we had a powerful service. Come Wednesday night, we had a powerful service again. Saturday night, I know Friday, breakaway, powerful. God is moving. Saturday night, we, we had revival here last night. This morning, God is here. Amen? And as we say here, we say that we, we are in the fire. The, the fire is here. God is moving in this church. And, and like I said earlier, don't slap yourself, but think about it. God is moving in this church. And if, if you think about a fire, I actually give you... I tell you, I have, a, I have a little history of fire. Um, I played a little bit with fire when we were kids. And uh, it, I, thank God it wasn't one of those uh, baggages that are on, on us. But in 1993, Mom, 94, our house burned down all the way to the ground. Fire. We woke up. It's about 2 or 3 in the morning. My dad is out there banging on doors. Hey, get up. And he only knew, that, knew it was on fire because we got up to go smoke, smoke pot about 3 o'clock in the morning. He saw half the house was on fire. Amen. So he got us up, got us all out, and, and the house burned down. We had nothing. And that was crazy. But I tell you, but some of the things that we had to do with fire when we were kids, when if you didn't have electricity, we, t we made fire so we can heat, heat up water. You need water to cook. You need to boil your water before you drink it in Africa. Um, and actually across the world, water is not so sanitary always. So you boil it and you use it to cook. But then as the way you make the fire is you take logs, right? You go find a tree. Hopefully you don't find the one that sparks a lot when you start lighting it. But you find some logs and you put them together and you find uh, um, rocks, big stones, right? And you try to get them as even as possible. Then you put your pot on top of that. And if you need to cook, put water, whatever, put it on top of that. Now what you find, though, is, you know, you would light the fire inside the logs at the bottom. When you take one of those pieces of, of wood out and you leave it out for a little while, it dies out. It dies out. The longer you leave it out, the, it starts to die out. You guys seen that before? Anybody ever played with fire here before? Yeah. Amen. Well, I tell you, what, when you leave it out, it starts to die out. And... and it's the same way when we have revival, when we have God moving. When we stay, there's been a wave of just God moving in this church. And at camp, we were out there, God was moving significantly. But then after camp, what happens? What happens when we leave camp? What happens when we leave, when we leave the church building and we kind of we get pulled out? Do we, leave, do we start dying out? Did the fire just stay at church or did the fire just stay at camp? If you go to Luke chapter 11, verse 24, it's the same man when you're there. 
Jesus is out and he's, uh, he's casting a spirit out of, out of a man, an evil spirit. And Luke chapter 11, verse 24, says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes, takes him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. I tell you what, in this last week, people were with addictions, where there was addictions to pornography, whatever, whether it was addiction to drugs, whether it was addictions to whatever the case is, they got set free. And while they're out there, God was working in them, they got set free. Now they're back to real life. They're back to real life, and the question is, when that evil spirit that got cast out, when it comes back around, what is it going to find? So this morning, we got set free from baggage. We got here, we said, you know, I don't want this anger. I don't want these things that have been on me. And we got set free. And we're on fire. We're charged up. Now, when we, when we left and we come back, would that, would that evil spirit go and come back around? It's going to come back and check and see if it's clean and swept and it can come back in. But is it going to find a place that it can come back into? I want to tell you that uh, in, a, in a lot of times, a lot of times in my life as a kid, it's happened to me many times. Sometimes it, I didn't have to get to the parking lot. I'm telling you, when you're at church, you put that phone away, or as soon as you get in that parking lot, you check your messages and people start texting you. When I was a kid, it happened all the time. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, we're going to go to such and such. All right, well, let me call you and I get out of church. Wait, hey, what are you doing? Oh, well, we're going to go over to such and such's house and such and such. Before you know it, what we just got delivered from, we back out there. Right. And this time, it's not as easy to come out of it. Right. So you get delivered again. And then you go back out. The next day, you go see your friends again. Hey, how y'all doing? And you see your friends and say, oh, man, you know what? We're just kicking back today. You say, oh, cool, I'm going to hang out with these guys. And before you know it, one thing leads to another. It's the same people. We go back into the same hole. What I read, to, what I read today was really, really powerful. If you actually go up to Luke, uh, go up just a couple of verses. Verse, verse 21 says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his house, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger... When, when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. I tell you what, when Jesus comes in, he breaks through that place. Those strongholds that had, that had you, they're gone. Because Jesus is the Lord of that house. And we yielded to him and said, Jesus, take over. Please. And Jesus comes in, and that baggage that you had, just like Donnie took off, it's all gone. But I tell you, when it says, when the Bible says it goes against seven others, when, you leave, when we leave out of here, what, what, what happens? Because trust me, I've, I've, take, I've been on this, on this train a few times. 
I can't tell you how many times I got saved, how many people in here I got saved maybe three times that number. Because every, every, every time God did convict me and I came back and I said, okay, Jesus, I want to I wanna give it another shot. But when that spirit went out, it took seven more others and it got me again. And it got me again because when I left, I kind of didn't develop something. So we had a, we had a discussion with the youth yesterday. And the question was, why does the fire go out? We asked them. I asked. We sat right here. Said, hey, why don't you guys uh, give me some, some of your feedback. What, why does the fire go out? What happens to you personally to, as to when you leave camp and you're so on fire for God? And what happens? The first thing was the structure. They said, you know, Dylan, when we're, when we're at camp, we have the structure. We don't have our cell phones. And in the morning, we get up at 7 o'clock and we pray. It's part of the program. Or we get up, we go to, we go to breakfast or whatever happens. There's a program. There's a structure. And we may, I, I don't want you to think that this is, a, this is something that, you know, you have to go into whatever program I'm giving you. But I really want you to think about the structure gets you into that discipline. There is a necessary discipline to stay in the fire. You come and God changes you. So today, God does something in your life. But when you leave out of here, what happens? I tell you, my wife and I, we came here. We got saved in 2009. And I tell you, it was July 2009 because it was right after 4th of July. And we was out bumping heads 4th of July. And we needed, we needed something. We need something to happen. And we came in here and God did something for us. But then we, we started to follow, we started to find, find men and say, hey, you know, just watch them, see what they're doing. They did the simple things. You know, they, they just changed who they hung out with. They just didn't go out to the bars with their friends. Oh, no, I'm just going to drink a soda. No, what for? <laughs> they just didn't do it. They said, you know what? If you, if you came from that, from that type of... Uh, Lifestyle, how about you just don't keep those contacts? You know, maybe you used to have a lot of friends, a lot of girls or friends. Just cut them loose. We, we don't have to talk anymore. You know, you used to have little, little TV shows or whatever you used to watch it with your, your normal thing. Well, what for? They're, they're simple, basic things, but it required discipline. I tell you, I try to build a discipline to uh, get a six-pack. Lord's still working on me, amen? We're still working on that one because it, it, it ain't happening yet. But hopefully, one day, <laughs> one day, hopefully I'll have it, amen? You know, I tell you, I had a flat tummy once upon a time, but it was never a six-pack. Maybe, maybe the good Lord is going to do a once-in-a-while you know, you know, once type of thing. You know, just give me a six-pack before we come back for the millennial reign, amen? So I see what it will look like. Because I bet when we come back, when we get to heaven, I'll say, Lord, when we go to the millennial reign, can you make me just look fly? I mean, can I just come to come back to earth just all ripped up? You know, you see them dudes with a, a heart monitor that goes around their chest? I can't do that. I can't do that because my, my belly might just stick out like this. So I said, Lord, just let me just be able to come back just looking tough. Amen? All right, y'all don't think about that. I thought about it. Y'all can be honest. If y'all think about the millennial reign, I know. Some of y'all say, Lord, I don't want to wear makeup, Lord. I want to come back the way you made me, amen? 
But I'll tell you what. When we come to church, though, corporately, corporately, this place is a fort. This place is a fort. We're on fire. There's nothing that's going to bring us down. I'm telling you, somebody walks in here and they're sick. What happens? We just all get together. Come on, let's pray for them. Somebody comes in here, they're, they're dealing with something. The first thing you think about is pray for them. We don't all start talking about, uh-huh, so, so uh, what are the options we got? We don't talk about that at church. But I tell you, when it happens at home, what do we say? Oh, well, uh, did you try aspirin? Uh, well, did you try, oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, right? Well, we at church, it's a complete different thing. And what's so amazing is that when we're in here, we're in that fire. We're in that fire. Have you wondered what it would be like to be at home and be in the same fire as you have at church? I tell you, at church, there's structure. We go through those doors, come 5.30 Sunday night, we make a beeline to the prayer room. Well, if you haven't, guess what? Next Sunday night, make a beeline to the prayer room. Amen? And guess what? You will see something. When you come out of that prayer room, I come out, I, I, I come out a different person. I'm telling you, before serving, when I, go in there, when I go in there, I'm like, oh, man, let me just get to this prayer room. I can't tell you what I'm thinking in my head. Amen? Only Jesus knows. But when I come out of that prayer room, it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm focused. I'm focused. It's not a better focus than coming out of the prayer room. I don't, I don't know if y'all felt, y'all felt that before, which is why when we come up here and somebody says they're sick, we say, hey, get the oil, let's go. We're about to go pray for them. That discipline. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. It says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Or another translation, this is like a city with no walls is a man who doesn't have self-control. I tell you what, self-control and discipline is, is mandatory, and we want to stay in the fire. That's right. I, I can barely wake up in the morning at the time that I want to get up, amen? But I tell you, the days, if I, when I can, and I'm going to continue fighting it, but when I can, I want to get up at 5.30 in the morning, go out running for about 20 minutes, right? Come back maybe and, and, and take a shower and get to praying at that slot and just kind of do everything on that structure. I'm working on it. But you know what? It doesn't have to be 5.30. Everybody doesn't have to be a gladiator. If you get up at 7, that's the time you get up, get up. But set some time and let's have discipline. There are three things we look at. If you can have prayer, discipline yourself to, hey, you know what? I'm going to have prayer every day. That's simple, right? Everybody agree with me? When you say, I'm just going to I'm just going to worship God. I'm just going to block myself up just to worship God. Just, just to build the discipline. Remember, when we come to church, we pray, right? When we come to church, we worship, right? And we read the word of God. Those are simple things. But when we step outside of here, that structure falls off. And I'll tell you, those are simple things to stay in the fire. So we ask, what's the second thing that keeps us keeps us off. The second thing was we have other priorities. We can say conflicting priorities. Some people can say work. They're just other priorities. Basically, what we have here is different. When we come to church, we have one goal. We have one goal. We're going to seek God. But I tell you, when we get out of here, we have about 10 others. And 
90% of the time, for the honest people that would tell me, 90% of the time, seeking God is like, all right, when I got nothing else to do, when, I have, when I'm done with everything else, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with God. Come on, we'll be honest tonight. So the question is, how do we expect to stay in the fire when God is literally the last thing we do? I'm not, I'm not here throwing anybody under the bus because I'd be the first one to say, you know what, I need this. I need to bring the structure into my life. I need to prioritize my life. I'll tell you this. When we, we spent a week at camp and dropped everything else, right, didn't have work, nothing, and we just focused on these kids. And my, my wife and I haven't, haven't been happier. I can tell you, there is not a greater joy than to have every moment of your day consumed with serving God. There is nothing, nothing greater than that. I tell you, it, it, we'll sit there and there's so many things to do, but not, just, not that just because it's fun, but literally when you're consumed with knowing that God is a priority over your life, there is not a greater joy than that. And at the end of the day, you think that you will be tired you think that you'll be worn out, but rather you're refreshed. You're refreshed by the time that you spend. I tell you, I was telling my wife, I stopped and I looked at her. I said, honey, I haven't seen you this happy. You are so happy. You are so excited and over, just full of joy. And she may have thought that was funny, but I, I, was, I, I felt amazing to see that. When I went to work the next day on Monday... I was like, oh, man, I was so stress-free. When I looked at people, I was like, why are you worried about that? And they're looking at me like, dude, this is work. I'm like, so? <laughs> Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. I'm telling you, had the good Lord just put some good amount of money in my account that day, I would have gone in, just take my badge, laptop. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, there's a joy in serving God. And there's a peace that God gives you. And I tell you, when we take our priorities and focus on God, we stay in the fire. I tell you this, pursuing our own, life's, our own life goals, right, work and all these things, they're not, you're not necessarily, you're not committing a sin by, by having goals or dreams or vision, right? So I don't want anybody to get me confused into that bucket. But what we're saying is, have we considered God's plans for our lives? Have we considered that all the things that we're doing, where does God fit in? I can tell you, when I go to work, when I'm in the spirit, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, maybe today I'm going to get a chance to just tell, just say something that's going to touch somebody. When I'm not in the spirit, guess what I'm thinking about? I'm, I've studied like five people in the room, and I'm saying, I'm going to say this to that guy, that to that guy, that to that guy, and I have a whole strategy. At the end of the day, these five people are going to give recommendations of what a great job I did. This is, this is business. This is business. Business is you study everybody in front of you, and at the end of the day, when you walk out of there, you're the best guy in the room, and that's just the way it is. If you, anybody works in corporate America, you understand this is the way it is. But you know what? When I went in, and I've been praying, man, I kicked back. I really did. I was there just, I had a great time at work. My wife can tell you, I wasn't stressed for a while all week last week. <laughs> I, went, I was just smooth. Amen? Exodus chapter 14, 
verse 1, God was taking the Israelites out of Egypt. And, the, and you guys know that the Egyptians were really beating them and, and enslaving them. And Moses was, was getting them out of there. But if you, read, uh, if you start reading verse 1 in Exodus 14, they had several options of how God would have taken them out of Egypt. He could have taken them over the Red Sea or he could have taken them to the land of the Philistines. But he didn't take them through the land of the Philistines. And God's feedback to that, his response was, I won't take them there because once they get along this way, they're going to turn around and come back. We've been set free from a life of baggage and so many things. But as we leave, as we leave these things behind, there's certain ways that are going to bring us back to the baggage and the bondage that we came from. So I'm, I'm going to walk this back. When the Israelites were going, God had to take them through the Red Sea because he didn't want them to turn back to, to Egypt, right? Because he had set them free from the bondage that he set them from. In the same way, when we, get, when we let go of the things that we have, the bondage and the, 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 the addictions and whatever it is that we have, we have to go away that we're going to remain set free. Amen? So we have these priorities in our lives, we have to realize that what God has for us is much greater than whatever priority we can think of. Amen. Pastor Kyle preached a message where he was saying is you are made for more. And when you looked at, when you looked at his message, he said there's a deception, the same one that, let's say, uh, uh, the devil gave Eve in the Garden of Eden, is that, hey, when you take this fruit, you will be greater. There's a deception when we start prioritizing our lives that there's something that we could do that will take us further to where God wants us to go. Right. In many cases, and, and many times, I've been, I've been in places, I'm like, okay, well, I can just do this, and I'll get there. But is that where God wants us to be? Remember, the focus here is staying in the fire. So you wonder, what does this have to do with staying in the fire? Amen. Your priorities for your life would take you away, so far away from where God has you. God has work for us. He has souls out there for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 if, if anybody got your Bible, just go there for me real quick. If you get it, say amen. Amen. One more person say amen real quick so I can get it. Amen. amen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through, through Jesus Christ, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I tell you what, God has reconciled us to himself. You guys agree? So we know that we're saved and God has brought us back to himself, right? So what happens is, the Bible also tells us that he's given us what? The ministry of reconciliation. Now tell me, of our priorities, 
Does the does does the, the, the work, this ministry of reconciliation fit in? So when our priorities go away from that, then we it's 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 literally impossible to stay in the fire. It's literally impossible to stay fired up for God if we're not thinking about souls. So our number one priority has to be souls. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's, God has a plan for us. And I'll tell you, the second we start thinking that our plans are greater or we start prioritizing anything above God and above souls and above just the basic things such as souls. Souls are important, church. Souls are important. Just seeing somebody out there and just sharing the love of Jesus Christ, it it, it means everything. I tell you, we're at camp. We didn't have to preach 24-7 to these kids. We just had to be there and share the love. When they were in, in situations, we just had to lead them to the final destination. We spent all day doing it's and beats and pieces so we can end up to the altar call at the end of the day. That's what we did all day. We planted little blocks so we can end up at the altar call and see people change. In the same way, there, there are two things we're discussing tonight. The first thing is structure. Do we have the structure and the discipline to stay in the fire. The second thing is our prior, our priorities lined up with the will of God. I tell you in uh, in Genesis chapter nineteen, Lot is in Sodom, uh, whatever Sodom and Gomorrah. He was there when 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 God came to destroy it. When then the angels were there and they were saying, hey, let's get out of here. They were, the land was getting ready to get destroyed. So they said, okay, we're good. We're going to get out. And God had seen them. So God was pulling them out of there. And in the same way, we've been in the places like this where we're saying, God, I need you to get rid of this thing for me. I need you to set me free. And God is setting us free. And he takes us through that door. We're out. It's gone. But right when we get to that door, Lot's wife gets to that door, and what's she doing? She looks back. She looks back because there's something else that's a greater priority to her. There's something else that's more important to Lot's wife than getting to where God has taken her. Many of us here, you've been called. Many of you here, God has a job for you. God has a special purpose for you. But we're so stuck to where he took us from. It's gone. We left it at the altar. It's, it's gone. I tell you, for many years, for many, many years, God, God has set me free. And I picked it back up again. And he broke it loose and set me free again. And I picked it back up again. He set me free again. And I picked it back up again. He set me free. But I tell you what, every time I picked it back up again, I didn't move. 
I stayed right there because I couldn't get further into where he was taking me. I was stuck there. It's like, it's like repeating the fourth grade 20 times. I was stuck there. Thank God for his grace because one day I could have died and I would have been stuck there. Each of you tonight, musicians, you can come up. Each of you tonight have the opportunity to continue in what God's doing here. God has started a fire. He started a fire. He's been setting people free. We, ha we are having revival. But it's going to take each one of us to come together and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to the basics. I'm going to put some discipline in my life so I can stay there. Each of the youth, guess what? Every year we go out and they come back. We come back on fire. But I want to tell you, by the time we go next year, are we still going to be on fire like we were? Discipline. Getting up every day. I, I, don't know, I don't know if anybody else struggles with it. I struggle with it. Discipline. Simple discipline to say, Lord, I want to be real with this. We don't have to pray a fancy prayer. We don't have to, we don't have to do, say anything fancy. We just be real with God and say, okay, God, you know what? I want to build this relationship with you. I want to be real. We crack that word and open it up and say, okay, Lord, would you just, just show me something simple? Would you just teach me? Because I want to learn today. I want to learn. I don't want to read a whole chapter and, and become a theologist. I just want to read and I want you to speak to me. Would you speak to me? And when we worship, my goodness, there is a joy and there is a peace that comes over you when you worship God. If you haven't tried it, it's simple. Just go by yourself. And these songs that we sing, think about every word that you sing and why you're singing it. And just, just sing it to God. Just sing it to God and make it personal. Make it, make it come from your heart. And say, God, you know what? I normally don't do this, but just like you were praying and you made it personal. You said, I'm going to worship. I'm going to make it personal. Each of us needs our own personal revival. And when we do this, and we continue to do this, and we make this a discipline and continue to do this, guess what? Our priority will be God. Our priority will be focused on God. I tell you what, I was chatting with a buddy of mine and who went to India today. Uh, I don't know when he went there, but he just, he sent me a message. As I was sitting there reviewing my message, he said, hey, what's up? I said, hey, what's going on? He said, what time is it in the States? I said, where are you? He said, I'm in Chennai. I, I don't know where that is. It's in India, apparently. Uh, I said, hey, man, this is really good. You know, you're, you're doing good. He said, I want to tell you that none of that matters. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what promotion I get. None of that matters. What he told me, what mattered to him, is that while he's in India, he wins souls for Jesus. That's all he cared about. He said, it doesn't matter what these, I don't care. I just want to win souls for Jesus while I'm in India. He says, I want to get, I'm targeting 100% Hindus while I'm out here. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I said, well, hey, then your promotion's in the bag, buddy. Because you know what? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. I tell you what, if you want to have a business, seek God. Whatever it is, what's in your heart, God knows our desires. 
But if we say, hey, God, I want to put you first, guess what? He'll take care of that. 